Well, welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Donald Ratner, architect, author, and educator. Donald is the author of the book, My Creative Space, How to Design Your Home to Stimulate Ideas and Spark Innovation, 48 Science-Based Techniques. Donald, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Looking forward to it. Sure. Well, I wanted to find out what was the impetus and motivation for you to write your book, My Creative Space? Yeah, so I guess, um, you know, as I look back, there was sort of a seminal moment. Um, I got a commission to design a project um, that required me to utilize a a construction method that I had never uh, utilized before. And I guess the best way I can analogize it for folks is to kind of think about, you know, if if you have been an artist, maybe, um, and all your life you were given a blank piece of paper and crayons and you got to draw whatever you want. And then one day someone said, hey, you should check this out. These are Legos, right? And now you have to take these pre-established units and put them together. And you start to think, well, what, you know, how creative is that? But then you realize, of course, with Legos, you can pretty much create anything. It's just a different sort of entry vector into your creativity, starting with a blank sheet versus starting with certain given elements. And that kind of hit me um, in the process of doing this new project that, you know, what what exactly is creativity and certainly what is creativity within my field, architecture? And as I started to kind of just dive into it and read whatever I could get my hands on, I came across all sorts of materials, posts, articles, scientific papers that kept pointing to a connection between our physical environment, our surroundings, and our ability to think creatively. And there's some fascinating connections that scientists have made over the last, I guess now would be 20, 30 years, and they're still doing it. And it just dawned on me, you know, somebody needs to kind of put all this together uh, in one package and to also make it accessible to folks outside the architectural profession, certainly my, my fellow designers, but people everywhere who are looking to kind of boost their creativity. Because the idea behind my creative space is that you can use this science to guide you in shaping your creative space in such a way as it will actually improve your creative performance. Well, well, what are your top two or three tips for a writer on designing their creative space to be more creative and be more productive? Yeah, so, I mean, the book um, ultimately uh, offers 48 uh, techniques. That's sort of its subtitle, 48 Science-Based Techniques, or one of the subtitles. So there's a lot and lot of different ways that people can manipulate their surroundings to produce this desired outcome. And they range, you know, all over the map. Um, And it's not that you have to do all 48 to get their effects. Even one change in your environment can make a huge difference. So... On a broad level, a number of these, what I call tactics, techniques, um, come under the kind of uh, rubric of uh, openness, expansiveness, which is to say that any way you can find to increase the sense of space, openness in your, in your work area tends to actually, and think about how we use language, tends to open up your mind, open your mind to new ideas, new ways of doing things, all these kind of descriptions of the creative process. So, for example, they have actually found that people who are uh, uh, trying to do something creative under a 10-foot ceiling will actually outperform somebody doing exactly the same creative task but working under an 8-foot ceiling. 
And why is that? Because obviously a 10-foot ceiling is more lofty. Uh, it starts to get sort of beyond human scale to where you feel like your, your space is quite, you know, spacious. Whereas an eight-foot ceiling is a little more kind of down-to-earth. We feel a little more closed in. And here again, think about how we use words. We feel a little more closed-minded. We're a little more left-brain thinking versus that right-brain thinking. Another technique, uh, obviously, is to work in a space where you have a view to the outside. Because there, automatically, you're almost going to... Uh, uh, exponentially increase your sense of openness because you're no longer feeling constrained by the four walls or what have you. Now, it's critical, of course, with all of these. Not People shouldn't feel like, oh, I must have like a 50 by 50 square foot or foot uh, workspace. No, the space doesn't literally have to be feel big. It just has to seem big. And that's a big message with a lot of these techniques. They work just as well, call it metaphorically or representationally as they do in their literal sense. So if you don't have a window, for example, uh, if you happen to have your desk butted up against a wall, you could actually use artwork. They've done studies where putting up landscape posters, right? Just that image of recessive deep space seems to open up our mind, shift us into right brain thinking versus, again, that more closed in, hemmed in sense. So uh, I'm curious, are are there things that you have seen in terms of how creatives or how uh, writers design their writing space currently that when you see it you're like mm, like that's that's i would have i would i would encourage them to reconsider that yeah sure i mean and i cite quite a few uh writers both from past and present um throughout the book since obviously writers are certainly one of the very important audiences that i was trying to to reach um so you know a common example um i just mentioned it um you know placing a desk against a wall so either you're necessarily facing the wall a couple of feet away that that is a prime example of how we tend to shrink our perception of space whereas i would recommend maybe turning that desk around so you're facing into your space if it's possible and again if it's not there are certain remedial techniques that you can practice as well the other thing of course that i think afflicts a lot of my fellow writers is that we, they tend to work long hours sitting down. And, uh, you know, we've all heard the sort of mantra, sitting is the new smoking in terms of the uh, maybe unhealthfulness of sitting. Uh, and I would, you know, modify that for folks to say it's not that sitting in and of itself is problematic. It's sitting for long times. Our bodies were not as engineered to sit in that position. So what I recommend is a couple of things. First of all, alternate your posture. Uh, as you're working through, even in the same day, maybe every 30 minutes to 90 minutes. So one thing you can do is, of course, stand up. And we've all heard about standing desks now becoming more and more popular. And even if you just sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up over a couple of hours, you'll be helping yourself. But one particular posture is really fascinating because this one is specifically linked to improve creativity. That is when we lie down, we recline. And the theory there is that in reclining, we feel uh, more relaxed. In fact, there's a little piece of our brain called the locus cerealis. And I get into some of the, you know, neural issues here throughout the book. But scientists have found that when we lie down, a little piece of our brain called the locus cerealis deactivates. So what's significant about that? The locus cerealis, when we stand up, when we are sort of alarmed or, or we're, we're tending to spring into action, it actually activates by emitting a substance called noradrenaline. So adrenaline, of course, we all know kind of pumps us up, whereas lying down, it deactivates because we feel safe in our space. And a corollary to improve creativity is when we feel safe, when we feel relaxed, when we, see, when we are in a positive mood or what the scientists call positive affect, all things, 
all of these seem to correlate with improved creativity. Because think about being creative in the sense you are, um, you know, you need to be courageous in a way. You are putting yourself out for possible failure or ridicule or, you know, not getting that book published as you had hoped. So by relaxing our brain, we feel more courageous, more safe to engage in these kind of unknown or to venture into unknown territory. And there's some excellent examples of historical as well as present writers who uh, would write lying down. Michael Chabon, for one, he works uh, in a little sort of niche and he's got this uh, chaise lounge with this famous Eames chair, it's called, where he can kind of kick back, kick up his legs. He's got a footrest and he's got an apparatus for his laptop to kind of swing around. Marcel Proust wrote uh, in his bed. Mark Twain is a wonderful photograph of him writing in his bed. So there's some great examples of creatives putting that to practice. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. That's great. Well, as an architect, have you worked with artists or writers or creatives in designing a studio or a writing room that, that you could talk about? Well, sure. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of folks, and, and I maybe I should preface this by saying um, more currently creativity is understood to not only include the arts, but really any field or discipline for which novel and useful ideas can be developed. So our present understanding of creativity might include anything from marketing to publishing to finance, science, clearly down to very mundane things like how am I going to fix that sink, uh, that leak under my sink with just uh, bubble gum and picture wire because that's all I have on, on hand and everything in between, of course. So I've worked with many clients from many different fields, but these folks tend to be, you know, very um, uh, uh, oriented towards creative fields, any, ones that are, any of the ones I just mentioned. So I do a lot of home offices and I try to put into practice, you know, well, obviously what I preach so, for example, in one space, I um, kind of developed a palette around the color green. So this is one of the cues, one of the triggers they have found in the environment to boost creativity. Well, why should the color green have that effect on us? Well, then there are many theories with this, but one is that it obviously signals nature, right? Which is our mm -hmm. kind of original environment where our genetic profile first developed on the African savanna. And generally, you want to bring in as many nature-based inputs when we're inside as possible because our mental and our physical health seem to be very 
tied up into these uh, inputs, into this sense that, yes, there is, there is the nature around us and it can sustain life, and that's a positive signal, and so our whole mental and physical well-being tends to improve. But just the color green, like paint on a wall, seems to have that same effect. So I built this whole palette around that. Obviously, you can use neutral colors, whites or, or earth tones to offset it, but that green itself was kind of the driving idea behind the scheme. Well, I'm curious if someone is listening and they they um, are a writer or creative or, as you just mentioned, creativity uh, is present in in many um, professions and situations outside of the arts. Um, but if someone is kind of overwhelmed by their their current space, where they're where it's a home office or where they write or or do some kind of craft or art and maybe it's cluttered, what's one basic thing that you would recommend that they could kind of do almost immediately without, you know, um, completely, uh, you know, redesigning the room? What would be one basic thing? Well, I just sort of touched on it uh, in my last comment, which is, you know what, you could put a plant on your desk. Really simple. That's a a classic case where it's called biophilic design. Biophilia means love of nature. The idea, again, bring as much of the outside of nature indoors as possible. Simply doing that can have a a huge effect on our mental state. In fact, they did a very very famous experiment that really kind of in a lot of ways kicked off what we're talking about today in the 1980s where they studied uh, hospital patients who were in for, you know, two, three days for surgery. And they were able to find people who stayed in identical rooms in one particular wing of the hospital. Uh, And the only difference in their environment is what they saw through the windows. About half of the folks, when they looked out, they were kind of on the second and third floor. So they were able to look into some trees that had been planted in a courtyard outside their, their rooms. Whereas the other half, say ones farther down the corridors, when they looked out from their identical rooms, they had a clear shot across this courtyard because the trees had only been planted at one end. And they looked out onto a black brick wall. And what they found was that the people looked at the leaves on trees, the foliage, actually had shorter hospital stays, required less medication, and had fewer complications than the people who uh, looked at on a blank brick wall. So just that one uh, little difference in their environment literally changed their core physiologies and, and operating, you know, in a sense at the level of life and death. So these little things can make a huge difference. Um, other things you can think about doing are, uh, as I mentioned, putting up uh, images of nature, uh, landscape paintings and and posters and such. Oh, another great one. Put up family photos and particular ones of maybe you or your kids uh, many years ago or your parents many years ago. They actually discovered that just by thinking back into, into time very far away, we get that sort of distancing space effect not measured by feet and inches in this case, but by years and, and, and days and weeks and months. And there again, the mind just sort of moves into that right brain thinking because of that sense of spaciousness, mental, temporal, um, that again, promotes creativity. So these little things, uh, can really, uh, as I say, make a huge difference in your workspace. How is your own home office or creative space designed? Yeah, great question. Um, so it has a lot of the elements we've just been talking about. I happen to have um, use a sage green for my cabinetry. I have a wonderful view out uh, into a very verdant landscape. Uh, my desk is made out of a natural finished wood, so I'm getting that wood grain effect. 
I also alternate between seating and standing and, yes, sometimes sitting down. So to have a uh, chaise or a sofa or a couch somewhere in your workspace or somewhere nearby that you can retire to at times uh, is a wonderful thing. Um, You know, I'm just very blessed by a lot of good natural light, which is healthy. And again, creativity, health and happiness all tend to operate under the same spectrum. Any environmental inputs that are coming through that help the one tend to help the other as well. They go hand in hand. So what novels or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed? Huh. Well, let's see. Um, I've been doing quite a bit of uh, fiction reading lately. And, you know, one of the things I say when I give talks and, and PowerPoints to folks is, here are a bunch of actions, not just about shaping your space, but certain actions you can do that uh, science has found will promote creativity. And one of them happens to be a, a reading. And I particularly recommend, well, I recommend both nonfiction and fiction. Nonfiction, obviously, is a way to build your knowledge base, especially in areas where you might not be familiar. But fiction, because it puts your head inside, presumably, the head of characters out there, different perspectives on the world, looking at the world through completely different eyes. And that's something that creativity really demands, that we not just think in the same old, same old way that we've kind of been doing for years and years, but to sort of, you know, flex and shift to a wholly different perspective to come out with those unexpected ideas. So getting back to your question, <laughs> I love the book, um, How Lucky um, by Will Leach, L-E-I-T-C-H, I believe, a wonderful uh, piece of fiction um, that I would certainly uh, recommend to folks. I also just read The Great Mistake. Um, and uh, just in them started uh, The Remains of the Day, you know, a book, obviously, from some years ago. Um, but having seen the film, I became uh, very taken with it. And then now I'm diving into the words. That's great. Well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your book, My Creative Space? Sure. So my website is my name. Donald Ratner, and that's R-A-T-T, two T's, N-E-R dot com. Uh, And you'll find lots of resources there, not just about my work even and and my book, but all kinds of books having to do with creativity. There's quite a library out there, as well as wonderful podcasts such as your own videos, courses you can take, and so on and so forth. And I am on all the usual social media, I guess, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Donald Ratner, architect, author, and educator. Donald is the author of the book, My Creative Space, How to Design Your Home to Stimulate Ideas and Spark Innovation, 48 Science-Based Techniques. The book is available now, so go buy a copy. And Donald, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you very much, Jeff. It was a pleasure. Great. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.